Well, you've seen the posts, or maybe you haven't, maybe you're not on Facebook. <laughs> but if you are, you've seen it, your friend who's uh, traveled a great distance to get Oceanside. The waves are gently lapping onto the shore as he holds a drink in one hand and, and no worries in the other hand. But the simple tag, hashtag, blessed. Or maybe you heard the, that B word when uh, you were overhearing a, a conversation just outside a store as this nice uh, looking family walked out and someone walking in said, my goodness, you just have such a lovely, beautiful family. What can I say? I'm blessed. This past week, uh, as Aaron mentioned, we had an opportunity to go down to Houston, Texas with 18 of our youth here and a number uh, of other youth from Marquette and Escanaba uh, down to the LCMS 2022 Youth Gathering. And, and there we met up with 19,000 plus uh, other students within just our synod, the LCMS, uh, to praise God, to grow in our faith. But before that big gathering began, uh, we had just our little gathering uh, that went out to uh, a place called the Galleria. It was a big, fancy mall down in Houston, Texas, the Galleria. So big, in fact, that on the lower level, it was multiple levels, the lower level had an entire ice rink in the mall. And now imagine those Houston Texans strapping on those clunky skates and trying to make their way around the ice, right? I kept telling our students they needed to, to go strap up and show them, you know, how a real youper glides across the ice. But, but they were all very humble, so that was good. <laughs> good of our students. Uh, but it was one of the fanciest malls I think most of our youth had ever seen. You know, big box stores like Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Uh, so nice, in fact, that you couldn't just walk in. There was actually a hostess outside kind of vetting the patrons uh, and, and asking for a name and number in your party, and then she'd escort them in. And then there were all the shoppers, right? Uh, people dressed to impress, maybe donning uh, their most recent purchase of apparel they picked up, or, or, or carrying those bags in bags of things that they just had to have. But we saw something else on the way out of the mall, Right across the street, actually, we saw middle-aged men, bare-chested, black, laying on stone benches. We saw homeless, the poor, cardboard cutouts in hand, anything helps. We were malnourished, needy. Uh, some were obviously coping in ways that is not good for their health. We saw the poor. And it was a striking contrast between what was behind us and now what was in front of us. Which of these two groups are blessed? Who do you think of these two groups is more likely to post a pic at the end of the day saying, hashtag, blessed? What does it even mean to be blessed? What does Jesus have to say? Well, that's what this sermon series is all about. We're, we're moving into the sermon series called Hashtag Blessed, where we're going to take a look at what Jesus says about being blessed. Because if anyone knows uh, what true blessing is, 
If, if our posts and comments about being hashtag blessed come at times when we feel particularly loved on by the big man upstairs, then it ought to be his son, uh, the blessed one who came in the name of the Lord and to tell us, the one who has authority to speak to us. And uh, we actually find a, a rapid-fire list of what Jesus says it means to be blessed right in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, they're called the Beatitudes or the Blesseds. Uh, but what we find when we sit and listen at the feet of Jesus is striking. Because Jesus talks like no one else. Jesus says what no one else is saying. And the way that Jesus says it looks to be blessed is not typically what you see on a Facebook post. You heard the first one today. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And if you were paying attention during the readings, then you might be thinking right now, wait a minute, Pastor Kevin, that's not what we read it didn't say blessed are the poor, it said blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Difference there. And if you're out there catching me on this, thank you for catching me, one, and holding me accountable because I don't want to twist the Scriptures to say something that they're not. But if you did catch that little difference there, I want you to just stop and reflect for a second on what was going inside, what was going on inside you as you noticed that difference of wording. What strikes you about what you feel? What's at stake maybe for you? And then I want to share with you some context around what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 5. We heard a little bit of that scriptural context in Isaiah chapter 61. That was that prophetic uh, message of this one who would come bringing the good news, right? The gospel, bringing salvation to the people. And who did Isaiah say this one to come would be bringing the gospel to? He said the poor. Later on in Matthew's gospel, in chapter 11, he's going to get, uh, Jesus, that is, is going to get word from John the Baptist. He's thrown in prison. His, his life doesn't look hashtag blessed. And so he asked Jesus, are you really this one, this Isaiah talked about? And Jesus is going to echo that Isaiah language and say, John, you tell me what you think. The blind are receiving their sight. The lame are being made to walk. And there he says, and the poor are having the gospel preached to them. You heard that immediate context around who, who was gathered that day at Jesus' feet, right? He had been out and about healing, uh, uh, raising up those who were paralyzed and demon-possessed, healing the illnesses and the ailments, and these crowds came and amassed around Jesus. But so you know, even in the ancient world, there were purely medicinal ways to address these things outside of a magic healer. That is, if you could afford it. But Jesus drew a different crowd. If all of this isn't compelling enough to make this case for the poor, I would also uh, uh, bring to mind uh, Luke's gospel, chapter 6, in his version of the Beatitudes. 
Where, where Luke writes, recording what Jesus said, he writes that Jesus said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. So, what's the connection here? Like, how can Luke get away with saying, just blessed are the poor? Or what's Matthew getting at by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit? What's the connection between these two ideas? Well, let's think about it for a minute. Think about those two groups at the mall or across the street. Which of those groups do you think has their spirit weighed down? Whose spirit is more impoverished, right? Doesn't have those resources inside to put on a smile and grin. Whose spirit is weighed down by the harsh realities of life and its iniquities and inequalities? See, it's easier for me, as someone with means, to kind of distract myself from those harsh realities, right? Like, it's easier for me to turn to those window panes of the Galleria and what's behind them than it is to, to turn towards the pain in those people suffering. But they have to look at that harsh reality of life all the time. They can't avoid it. It, it confronts them on the daily, and, and they're pushed into a place of dependence on humanity to provide for them what they need and on God when humanity is indifferent to them. So, what does that mean for the rich then? When I say the rich, I'm talking about us, everyone in this room, right? America is the second wealthiest country in the world, built on capitalism and consumerism, and that kind of a subtle but incessant drive to, to have more, to want more, to need more? Does this mean we're out of the kingdom? Not by virtue of our bank accounts. Not by virtue of our bank accounts. And I don't even want to suggest to you this morning that somehow material wealth or a good-paying job or a nice home are not blessings of God. I'm not here to make that case. We know, and Scripture even declares, right, that all eyes on earth look to God to provide for them, and God pours out His blessings in due season. So we can receive these things with gratitude and, and as blessings. We know all things come from God. It's not a virtue to be destitute. Don't think you have to go uh, be destitute to earn God's favor. But it does mean we must heed Scripture's continuous warnings about riches. Uh, the Bible is constantly telling us to watch out because God knows and Jesus knows that, that material wealth and money can grab a hold of our heart in a way that nothing else has the power to whether you're rich or poor, right? Whether you trust in your riches as your security or whether you look to someone else who has riches thinking, if I had that, then I'd have security. Right? What did Paul say to Timothy? He said, don't set your hope on the uncertainty of riches. Don't confuse the blessings with the blesser. 
like just because I have these material goods, or, or just because my life does look easy on the outside, or maybe someone else's does, it doesn't mean that God is only with them and that He's not over here. And likewise, just because I don't seem to have these things, it doesn't mean that God is distant from me, right? Sometimes we confuse the blessings with the blesser. But we have to look past these things and take hold of that which is truly life. So, brief summary here, kind of right in the middle. Uh, We're saying that just because you have wealth, that doesn't mean you're out of the kingdom. And also, just because you don't have wealth, that doesn't mean you're immediately into the kingdom, right? We're saying that uh, it it doesn't exclude you from the kingdom to have wealth, but it doesn't automatically uh, bring you into the kingdom to be poor. So, what is Jesus saying when He talks about the poor in spirit? What, What is it? Jesus is giving us an image. Jesus is giving us a metaphor to think about. Poverty is the picture. Put in your mind again, real fast for me, uh, the picture or image of a homeless person. Close your eyes. Maybe think of the last homeless person that you saw. Standing there, laying there, anything helps. This picture is a picture of our spiritual state, right? We are spiritually destitute. We're needy. We're impoverished. We don't have the spiritual resources of our own to make it. We're dependent, right? It's not a physical poverty that Jesus is talking about, but a spiritual poverty. But one of those might lead to a realization of the other more handily, right? When, when you are reliant constantly for all your needs, you might realize you're reliant for those spiritual needs too. But Jesus says, blessed are the spiritually impoverished, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom. So, if you think to yourself, well, that's a pretty stark image. Like, I can mentally think of, of a homeless person, but I don't, I don't really feel like my spiritual state is quite that extreme, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a decent guy. I'm a decent person. I live a pretty moral life. You know, I give back to my community. I, I do help those who are in need. And I, and I feel like the good in my life and the good that I give in my life it definitely outweighs the evil, right? That's your conception of who you are. My friend, you don't know yourself. You don't know yourself. But the Scriptures are a tool to help us understand ourselves. And Jesus actually gives us a tool if we, if we keep reading Him. If you listen to Jesus' sermon, chapters 5 through 7 in Matthew, beyond the Beatitudes, Jesus starts laying out what's expected of the kingdom. Jesus starts laying out God's standards about anger, about lust, about retaliation, even about giving to those who beg of you. And and these standards are not light. They are high. 
they're lofty. Sometimes we imagine that, that the life we lead, and, and maybe the comfortable life we lead, somehow means that, that we've kind of earned favor with God or we're blessed by God, that, it, that it's the basis of our relationship with God. Or maybe that the good things that we've done or do somehow give us status with God. But if we think that way, we're not seeing ourselves rightly. We're not seeing God rightly. Our vision is blocked by something. And that actually reminds me of Houston. Every night when we were down in Houston, Texas, our group would walk from uh, the, the mass events that were held in a stadium, Minute Maid Park, uh, where we would kind of praise and worship together, uh, then back to our hotel. It was like a mile or so of a walk. And this time it wasn't what was uh, sleeping on the ground that caught my eye so much as it was uh, what I saw up above or what I didn't see up there. You see, in Houston, when you look up at night, you see lights, right? You see uh, neon lights uh, glowing, that, that bluish line on the top of that building. That one actually changed all sorts of different colors. Uh, you see neon signs of businesses you can enter into. You see these 30-story apartment structures with the lights lit. But what don't you see? Stars. Yeah, you don't, you don't see the stars. You see the glow of the towering skyscrapers, but you don't see what's above them. You see what is man-made, but you don't see what is, is God-made. And you're surrounded by kind of the impressive stature of what man can accomplish and, and what man can, can take a hold of. But we don't see that much more beautiful, glorious sight that is so high above us that we can only behold it. Riches can be like that. They can blind us to the presence of God. We can get so used to, to having and using things produced by man that we forget that all of it ultimately has been provided by God. And over time in a city like that, you can actually forget that stars exist. I've been there. Our works, our, our good deeds, our, our moral living, our, our put-togetherness can sometimes tower over other people so that we think, like, of course, we're in the kingdom, but I don't really know about that person. They, they don't seem like they quite fit, right? But that's a mirage. We're, we're looking at the structures, not the stars. If we want to see ourselves aright, if we want to, to truly see God and to enter into the kingdom, we have to see ourselves aright. If you have trouble looking at your homeless brother or sister, if you find yourself kind of averting those interactions, avoiding them as you can, instead of engaging, if you can't look them in the eyes and see an echo of yourself, of your spiritual need, we're blinded. 
We're blinded. Please go listen to Jesus. We need to hear Jesus' words if we can't do that. Because Jesus' words in this sermon, they are so high and lofty. When we hear God's high and lofty commands and demands of those who want to be a part of his kingdom, if we let God take that honest assessment of ourselves, then maybe, maybe we'll end up just a little bit more broken. Maybe we'll will feel a little more destitute. And then maybe we'll begin to see the powerful working of God in us. A place of weakness where God comes into with His divine power to do what we cannot do as humankind, but only God can do by His Spirit. And maybe that's already you this morning. If you're out there and you feel pushed to that place of of unworthiness, if you look at everyone else who seems to have it together, but you think, "I, I can't seem to get myself together. I mean, maybe for this hour, hour and a half, I can put on the face. But then you go out there and you just feel less than. If you are already in that spiritually broken place where you feel your heart kind of burning and hurting at, at, at the, the, the destitute of it all, the, the poverty of it all, my friends, don't look to the structures. Look to the stars. Listen to the voice of Jesus who says to you, blessed are you, for my kingdom is yours. I have come down from my my palace, my place of riches, eternal wealth descended so that you could be elevated. I came down to this earth so I could lift you up so that you could have what is yours through me, eternal wealth and splendor. Jesus became homeless for our sake. Open yourself up to him. And be strengthened by His Spirit that made lame men leap. And that made those who were oppressed by their society take strength. So that they actually pushed back against their society and those inequalities. Open yourself up to the same Spirit that gave such a deep and abiding joy to people who had so little that the rest of the world striving for so much couldn't help but notice. And listen to that gracious king, Jesus, who says, don't don't listen to what the world tells you about being blessed. Listen to me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, And by his mighty spirit, given to us by virtue of our baptisms, through his mighty death and resurrection. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we continue our worship by confessing our faith in this Jesus, in the words of the Apostles' Creed.